Welcome back, back to another, another edition of, of the Daily Interlake Sports Media Now. Channel. Got Fritz Neighbor, Daily Interlake, Mark Nelke, CDA Press, and Ian Pavona, Columbia Basin Herald. So got the whole squad back in action. Going to be talking some Big Sky football. It was a pretty wild weekend. Had that Montana State-Idaho game. Caught a lot of people's attention. Let's get this one going with the performance of the week. Ian, you're back this week. Why don't we throw it to you to start it out and go around the circle? Uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to go with someone uh, who isn't Joey Mallory out of Portland State uh, with that six-touchdown performance against Eastern, uh, 241 yards on 23 carries, averaging over 10 yards per uh, per carry there. Uh, and then he really iced the game away on that uh, late in the game after Eastern cut it to that six-point game. Uh, Portland State recovers the onside kick, and then Mallory takes it 44 yards to the house. Um, quite the performance from him, six touchdowns, so shout-out to him. Right, video game type of numbers. Too bad there's not college fantasy football or people would have been <laughs> running away with that one. How about yourself, Mark? Sadly, that was the one I had written down too. So maybe on the fly, I'll come up with maybe Idaho's first half defense against Montana State, um, taking away the run and, and getting out to a 10 nothing halftime lead. And then the second half looked more like how both teams play. But anyway, that first half was pretty impressive defensively for Idaho. Definitely. We'll get to that more later, I'm sure. How about you, Fritz? Uh, just to be different, I'll say Giovanni McCoy, quarterbacking the, the Vandals to uh, extremely efficient offense, first half and second half. And only got stopped once the second half. I kept thinking we had four lead changes, I think. And I uh, kept thinking, well, the Cats can get a stop here, and they couldn't. Jason Eck reiterated, I don't see how you can find it. Yeah, there's a better quarterback in LCS than McCoy. I think he falls back into my lead for Big Sky MVP and just continues to impress me. He's just one of those guys. His confidence affects the whole team. You feel like they're never out of it. He always can figure out a way to make a play. And him and Hayden Hat and their connections unreal. So gotta like that choice. I'm gonna stick with the Idaho theme. Definitely hard to go against. Portland State's guy. He had a heck of a game. But I will say Idaho's coaching staff a little something different. But that first half game plan to burn as much of the clock, second half kind of kept that thing going. I looked, they had 41 minutes of time and possession. Bobcats offense is elite, but when they're on the sidelines, they can't do anything. And they only had 18 minutes on the field. Overall, just a great game plan from Coach Eck and the Vandals coaching staff. So I had to give them a shout out because it felt like ultimately that made a big difference in the game, just keeping the Bobcats out of that rhythm and forcing them to play from behind with limited opportunities. So great job by the Vandals coaching staff for sure. Um, I did want to ask you guys this little something interesting. Which stat jumped out at you more? Kind of what Mark already kind of mentioned, that first half defense. But one uh, Montana, on one hand, had a dominant performance versus Northern Colorado. They held them to an average of 1.7 yards per play and 94 total yards. 40 to zero was the to uh, score. That's a shutout. You don't see that often in today's college football. That being said, which one impresses you more, that or the Vandals held Montana State to 25 yards of rushing in the first half after five straight games of 300 straight yards rushing for Montana State. So the Vandals held the Bobcats to that performance. That's pretty impressive. Just your guys' thoughts. Let's start with Mark and go around. He already kind of mentioned that defense in the first half. Yeah, I mean, that was obviously impressive. You know, Northern Colorado is, what, 0-5, 0-8. So I would, I would kind of say – what what Idaho did to Montana State is what stints out a little more. So, yeah, no, hard to argue that. Just both uh, very impressive defensive stats you don't see every day. How about yourself, Brent? Yeah, uh, 
<clears throat> I was more impressive. I, I thought it was interesting. I listened a little bit of uh, Brent Vegan's press conference from yesterday, and you know, they I think they meant to run a little bit more. Um, first two plays, first two first downs they had were RPOs, and uh, maybe Tommy made a wrong choice one, and maybe didn't hit his guy in the hands in the other one. And uh, two, three, and outs is not what you want to do against a confident Idaho team. They looked a lot like they did a year ago in Washington, where they just came in and controlled the clock, uh, controlled possession, I should say. I, I, uh, time of possession can be skewed, as we said again this week, and Bobby Hawkins said before. But they ran so many more plays than uh, the did that it's, uh, it's not even funny, more than 30 more plays. You know, once the Bobcats got going, they were averaging 11 yards a rush. And I thought they maybe could have run it with having three timeouts. Could have run it more than once in their last drive. But the way Idaho played with such confidence and poise that first half, every little mistake is magnified. 10 0 seemed like a not in the pot. That's what the, the way the Vandals controlled things. Yeah, no, that was a. It, the scoreboard might not have thrown it, but if you watch that game, it did feel like a dominant performance. Montana State had their moments. And it came down to a missed field goal. But that being said, that was extremely impressive. How about you, Ian, out of those two stats? Might be an easy one, but just thought we'd throw it out there. Just crazy defensive numbers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a sweep so far. I'm also going with that uh, 25 rushing yards from Montana State in the first half. Uh, I know we talked about the game flow a little bit and how well Idaho controlled the clock. But anytime you can hold an offense like that to 25 rushing yards over that first 30 minutes, that's pretty impressive. I do want to give a little credit there to Montana, though. I mean, anytime you hold, I don't care who you're playing. If uh, if you hold someone under 100 yards, that's pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm good. The more impressive one to me is definitely that Idaho defense. Yeah, the Vandal stat jumps out right off the bat. That's a crazy stat. Like you said, though, give I, I got to agree there, but I will give as well Montana credit. Watching, I watched that game, and I was just sitting there thinking, you just don't see a lot of defensive performances like this where they, you just shut another team out in today's Modern era, the Bears, Northern Colorado, not exactly top-tier competition, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But overall, so many times nowadays, teams put up a couple points in a blowout, get some garbage-time scores. It just felt like they never took their foot off the gas. I think that's what was most impressive, just the relentlessness from that Grizzlies defense. So I was impressed, but either one, pretty crazy defensive numbers in today's era of college football, and especially with the big sky so much offense nowadays. It's nice to talk a little defense. We'll take it. Let's uh, just kind of wrap up the Montana State-Idaho talk. Just kind of any reactions or takeaways from that game that we didn't get to from you guys. Let's uh, start with Fritz, and then we'll go around. Talking about Idaho still? Yeah, just any last little takeaways or things like that. <laughs> I thought uh, <laughs> I thought Jason um, Eck was pretty hilarious afterwards about the depth of the depth and watching the opposing coach dance on his turf two weeks ago. <laughs> But uh, I don't know if there's anybody more demonstrative than Jason Eck. I don't know if you guys saw the, yeah, what I thought was a clear offensive pass interference. I know before they scored the go at TV, and he took his headset off and complained for a good solid two minutes straight. <laughs> well, you know they ran all every one of the seconds up the play clock to play on their next play, and then eventually scored. And uh, he's pretty rowdy and demonstrative, and uh, I can. Maybe why Bobby Hawkins did it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you don't see a lot of offensive linemen who end up as head coaches, and he has that offensive lineman fire yeah. for sure. You could tell he spent a lot of time in the trenches. How about you, Mark? Any final takeaways or reactions from that one? 
Yeah, well, just kind of piggybacking on, you know, Fritz's friend, Jason Eck, you know, on, I thought on the sideline that um, I, I saw that too. I thought that was kind of funny, but I'm sure he's just kind of working the refs. And I don't know if you noticed, I think it was before the last drive or maybe the second half when he was just trying to get the crowd all loud up, all fired up and, and before that drive. I mean, he's he's their biggest, they have a PR guy, but he's he's their biggest PR guy in Moscow. So he, that's the kind of stuff he has to do, and he, he does it very well. That's why he's a great fit in Moscow for for as long as he's here, anyway. So um, I know it's really too early to say that, but um, I know the question is kind of like if they meet again in the playoffs, who who would be the favorite? And I think I don't know. You flip a coin. I think they're they're both very good. I mean, obviously Idaho is very balanced offensively. Montana State likes to run and then pass off of that. And so it might, I don't know if the, if there's a event, you know, where they play the game, if they play again in the dome or if they play, you know, outside where it's five degrees. So um, on the telecast, they were talking about, um, the Ty Gregorak was talking about Montana state has practiced all week in five degree temperatures. And then they come in and play in a 70 degree dome. And maybe that's why the first half, went why it did I, I don't know if that's why it did it probably had more to do with what idaho did defensively just kind of you know putting people up and daring basically daring montana state to throw so i think i think you flip a coin two good two very good teams and be, it would be a great rematch it just, we'll yeah i know I'm, I'm right i'm right there with you mark it kind of comes down to those teams meet again who has home field advantage because it feels like they have the slight edge in the battle for sure because they really are evenly matched both sides of the ball so much talent and coach Eck, no i know I, the first thing i thought when fritz was talking about that he's the kind of guy that they're putting together a little clip to show recruits this is the kind of coach you're going to come play for at least he's going to fight for you and kind of get the crowd riled up he's kind of a got an edge to him for sure that you don't always see from head coaches uh what about you ian just final thoughts takeaways from that matchup uh yeah i know i think it was fritz who mentioned uh mccoy earlier uh in our little recap but, I mean, that final drive, just super clutch getting down the field, getting uh, started with that 19-yard completion off to Hayden Hatton, um, super clutch down the stretch and able to pull out that win. And um, like we just mentioned, I mean, if they end up playing again, it really is just going to come down to whoever gets that home field advantage. Yeah, no doubt. McCoy's one of those guys that feels like he has eyes in the back of his head. He has that sixth sense, always knows how to evade the pressure, get outside the pocket at the right times. He's I mean, I feel like he could play at any level. He's one of those guys with so much talent, no doubt about it. Um, moving along from that game, well, I guess my, my quick takeaway, I will say, we haven't seen Montana State play a lot of close games the last couple of years, and I felt like that made a difference. That South Dakota State game earlier this year was a close one. Other than that, they've kind of been steamrolling teams. Sometimes you got to get into those close games, high tensions. you got to make a couple passes to win the game, and they did have their opportunities. But it feels like they haven't been in many of those kind of dogfights the last few years where they've been rolling teams. And maybe that helps prepare them for a, a deep playoff run, get them ready for the competition, because that's the kind of playoff atmosphere they're going to be in like they were in, in the Kibbe Dome, no doubt about it. Uh, moving along, I did want to ask you guys, it feels like in the big sky right now, the Bobcats, the Vandals, Sac State, and I'd say Montana are all pretty much locks to make the FCS playoff unless something crazy happens and one of those teams just goes on a terrible skid. I don't see that happening. That being said, do you think any of the following teams are likely to kind of sneak their way into a playoff? You have Portland State at 4-4 four and four overall, NAU 3-5 overall, Idaho State's 3-5 overall, UC Davis is 4-4. Four and four. They did get some votes in the most recent poll. And then Eastern Washington at 3-5 and five overall. Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts. 
started with Fritz, just if any of those teams have a chance to sneak in a playoff. Yeah, I know the commissioner, Wisterson, was saying he, he was thinking they, they were going to get five or six in, but that was for these last couple of weeks. I think we're going to have an iron four. Uh, Portland State obviously looks good. They do host the Grizzlies the week after this. They seem extremely dangerous. Oh, they don't play in front of big crowds in Hillsboro. That running backs from real. They've had some good games. They've had some punches too. But I think it's um, just a real easy, you know, pick four there. Get your Mount Rushmore, and then I think the rest. There's enough separation now, but I don't think. Yeah, no, that, that's well said. It's interesting because before the season, there I mean, there was talk about seven Big Sky teams making the playoffs. So, Mark, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I I I don't think any of them will make it. And so, I, I, and it was really hard to try to find one that might. And I, I guess if anyone might, it might be UC Davis, but it, it's going to it would probably come down to their last game at Sacramento or versus Sacramento State to get there. And I guess I don't think the, the other ones ha have a chance. And, and the other thing is, will you have to have seven Division One wins? Is that is that a lock? Or if, if you have six and a Division Two, or if you have six Division One? I, I mean, I don't I don't I don't know if that if that's the that's the ironclad limit you have to. It's ironclad as it used to be. Yeah. No. How about yourself, self, Ian? Uh, no. Well said, Mark. And how about yourself, Ian? Uh, yeah, I I agree. I don't think there's a fifth team that's like absolutely a lock at this point. I'm gonna agree with Mark. If there is one leaning kind of towards UC Davis, uh, especially if they get two of their last three games at home. I'm a big home field advantage guy, uh, and they get Sac State at home that last week of the year. That might come down to it, uh, getting them a playoff berth, but I don't think it's very likely they get in. Yeah, no, it's a it's a tough call right now. I'm kind of on the same boat. UC Davis and Portland State are my two teams that I kind of think have the talent. They're right there. They've shown the flashes. They play this week, so I feel like whoever wins that game will have a chance to make a little run. That being said, we'll see what happens. But those are the two teams to watch. You guys mentioned the Sac State-UC Davis matchup. Portland State plays the Grizz. That's kind of their game. If somehow they knock off the Grizz, then you can really open the door to it. But right now it feels like all of a sudden it's about four teams have a Great shot of making the playoff, and after that, it's going to take some real things getting interesting. So just something to bring up, because like we, like I said, there was a time that we were talking maybe six, seven teams make the playoffs. So it's kind of the parody of the conference has shown itself. Everyone's beating themselves up, kind of, so that makes a big difference. Um, I did want to ask you guys, speaking of parody and kind of the rankings, this kind of rolls right into it. Big Sky, the four teams we're just talking about. They're all top 10 in the FCS stats perform poll. Idaho's three, Montana's four, Montana State is six, and Sac State's seven, UC Davis receiving votes. I bring that up. I did want to ask you guys kind of rank your top five Big Sky teams right now just because it's so interesting at the top. It's so close, and you can kind of break it down by really nitpicking. But that being said, just an interesting thing to get. How about we start with you, Fritz, and kind of roll through it? I, I am interested if either one of you two vote in the FCS stats. No. I used to vote when I was at the Missoulian, and then I don't anymore, and I don't miss it. But uh, <laughs> I did vote. Uh, I had just based on who beat who, who beat Idaho, beat MSU, and then uh, MSU back state and so did Idaho. So those are my top five: Grizz, Vandals, Bobcats, Hornets. Subject to change, obviously, because there's three weeks left. Now. For number five, I'll go with the shoot because uh, it's my my favorite road trip. <laughs> There you go. Fair point. How about you, Ian? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, right now I have Idaho on top. I know Montana beat them a couple of weeks ago, but uh, uh, right after Idaho, I've got Montana State. I don't dock them too much. Now they dropped a little bit because they just lost in the poll. And then Montana was really right behind Montana State. And I got Sac State after then. And then I'm going to round it out with UC Davis, like we just talked about. They're kind of that last team I think might be able to make a playoff playoff run, even though not super likely. But I'm going to go with them to round out my top five. Nope, solid, solid list. It's interesting. It's so close at the top where you can, really can't go wrong. It's very interesting right now for sure. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I know this is kind of a cop-out, but maybe I have a tie at first with Montana State and Idaho. I think they're both – pretty even. I mean, Montana State was a field goal away from overtime in that game, in a game that they did nothing in the first half. So I just think those are the two best teams, Montana three, Sac State four. And you say, oh, well, wait, Montana beat Idaho. Yeah, they did, and they did. But I think overall body of work for the season. And Montana was kind of skewed in that game. You know, they got the big lead, and then they played the whole second half basically protecting the lead. So we didn't really get to see Montana play a full game and what all they could do. So, you know, you, they play, you play a little different with the lead when you're trying to protect it than when you're trying to show everything you have. So. Oh, fair, fair point. Fair point. I, I do got to go the Grizz number one, just for the sake they won at the Kibbe Dome. I think that's a big test. I will say Montana is one of those teams watching them and looking at the numbers is very different. They play such an interesting style of football where I've said before, it's kind of ugly. It's not pretty. It's not really uh, aesthetically pleasing like the modern era college football, but they find a way to get it done. They, I will say I got them number one now, but they have two huge tests on the horizon. Sac State in town this weekend for all the while coming out. You win or coming up, you win out. Then they are the number one team. I think beating Idaho, though, I had to give them the slight edge. But if you go off pure talent and kind of the firepower of it all, it's easy to go with Idaho or Montana State one. Right now I got Idaho number two. They beat Montana State. Close game, like you said, Mark, came down to the, the wire, up to a field goal. That being said, I think the Vandals showed a little bit more in that one. That's one of those ones that could change week to week. It all depends on how they play. They're so evenly matched. And then Montana State's number three. I never thought at this point in the season I'd have the Bobcats number three, but they have two losses. And they've showed a little bit to me, like maybe they, – I don't want to say they got exposed versus Idaho, but they showed a little bit of – there is a way to beat the Bobcats, force them to throw the football, and they just get a little bit weird. They had a good second half throwing the ball, but that's not the Montana State team that we've got accustomed to. After that, Sac State, I think they're easily number four with a chance. They could rise all the way. Like I said, they had the talent to be best team in the conference almost. New coach, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces. But raw talent-wise, Sac State's unreal. And then I do have Portland State number five. I think their quarterback, Dante Saturay, he's playing out of his mind this year. He's had a ton of big games. And I think that kind of puts them over at UC Davis. But Miles Hastings also a heck of a quarterback. A lot of great QB play in this league. Like I said, they play this week. So we'll kind of figure that one out. UC Davis was my honorable mention. But speaking of Sac State and Montana, why don't we kind of get right into that game? That'll be kind of the big game of the week for the Big Sky. Top 10 battle. Last year, Sac State beat Montana. I believe it was an overtime loss. A lot of, little controversial call. A lot of Grizz fans weren't happy about that. So why don't we dive into a little predictions for this one? We'll get going with you, Fritz, and go around the circle. Yeah, I was just uh, – I kind of forgot about that little out-of-bounds mm-hmm. uh, pass. Reception of called inbounds down there. That was one of those uh, down-the-stretch losses for the Grizz. It kind of hurt them in the playoffs. Um, I think uh, home field advantage, I think uh, I have to give the Grizz – edge on it. Um, I think it's interesting that both teams um, had pretty exciting debut quarterbacks shows up. 
uh, true freshman for each team. Came in and got some snaps. It was uh, good. I got to look at it. Pia Ely, mm -hmm. I opt for uh, Riz, threw for 89 yards and touchdown. And then Carson Conklin for the Hornets came in, and they're down 16 to 14, and uh, almost instantly we would go ahead touchdown pass. I wound up with 35 yards and maybe could have been our, our breakout performance. Two for three TDs total, helped the Hornets score the last 37 points and what became a blowout in. And also, uh, he also lost the TD when uh, one of his receivers reached for the goal line and fumbled for touchback. So, uh, Hornets are awfully, awfully talented. Well, the 550 yards since Idaho State, thereabouts. But still, just seem to find a way. Send it home. It'll be loud. Mm -hmm. I'll go with the Grizz by about eight. Yeah, hard to pick against the Grizz at home. How about you, Mark? Keep it rolling. Yeah, I agree. I think you know the Grizz are playing well. Um, I mean, they can, they need the win, and I mean, I guess you don't really necessarily need the win when you can buy a home playoff game, but you, but you know, for, in their case, you know, they they're <laughs> they're playing better, and like they, you know, they had that Ayat playing quarterback too for part of that game. I'd be curious to see, you know, what um what, what their plans are with him and the other quarterback that they have, stuff like that. But I think I think Montana is obviously favored that one. So, yeah. How about you, Ian? Uh, I'm interested to see the Montana run defense match up against that Sacramento or yeah Sacramento State rushing offense. Uh, it's kind of a good strength on strength that unit there. Uh, but I think Montana pulls this one out. Kind of maybe a bit of an ugly game, low scoring. But I think they're going to pull it out, especially with that home field advantage. Uh, yeah, I'm right in the same boat. Home field advantage. Expecting kind of a dogfight kind of a game I had in my notes here. I feel like that's one that we could see the Grizz make a big special team play. They have a knack for that or maybe a pick six. Somebody. It's going to take something, make an extra play because it's going to be a close game. Both teams are competitive. I will say Fritz mentioned him. Uh, Conklin, freshman quarterback from Sac State. If they roll with him again, I'm interested to see going into Washington Grizzly Stadium in Missoula. Electric environment. Second career college appearance. The Grizz defense is coming off back-to-back -back games with six sacks. So how does a freshman QB go up against that D-line? Big test for him right off the bat. If he goes and proves himself, that'll say a lot. But the number, the odds are definitely against him there. Historically, freshman QB, tough environment, tough defense. I will say, Ian, you had a great point with the run game. Because Sac State, they showed a lot of flashes on the ground. That Montana State lost a few weeks ago. When they get it going, they can run the heck out of the football. So I think it'll be a battle of who has a better run game and who's better around the front seven. So that's going to be a good game. Really excited for that one. No doubt about it. I did want to get your guys kind of final predictions for the best of the rest. You could say no, a lot of some good games. Still we have NAU at Montana state, Idaho at Northern Colorado should be a blowout. Cal Poly at Eastern Washington, Weber state at Idaho state and Portland state at UC Davis. Just uh, any final predictions for this week or kind of things to look forward to anything. Uh, let's start with you, Mark, and we'll uh, wrap it up. Yeah, um, I know Northern Colorado is kind of one of those games you just want to keep it going and not get anybody important hurt and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And almost the same the next week when they go to Weber and then they got Idaho State. Um, Cal Poly at Eastern obviously is the the former Eastern coach against the 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 coach that was on his staff, Aaron Best, and stuff like that. So um, what was the other one? Weber, Weber, Idaho State. Um, it's kind of weird if you. You would never look at this game and say, hey, Idaho State should win this game. I mean, if you said that at the beginning of the season, people say, what? Wait, what? 
But this is the kind of game if they if Idaho State wants to be a, a factor one of these years is, you know, the, this is the game they got to win. And almost kind of the same with Portland State, UC Davis. Um, that's a, a good chance for them to make a statement, too. Yeah, no doubt. I'm glad you mentioned Idaho State. I was kind of thinking that, too. This is a chance to take care of business versus a struggling Weber team and kind of turn the tide and prove that you are on that right track. Uh, but uh, let's uh, go around. How about you, Fritz? Any things to look forward to? Any kind of predictions for the week? Well, I, I think it's notable that uh, Montana State went to Flagstaff last year and really had a heck of a time winning that game. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the Lumberjacks are – I thought they'd found their own freshman quarterback who got to play against the Grizz and beat them 28-14. And now they switch quarterbacks again. They played three now. They made a halftime switch last week. I kind of wish they had R.J. Martinez back, and you know, he's over Baylor being their number three. But NEU is still a dangerous team, and uh, I think um, I think the Cats will win. I think if the losses are a good loss, the one they had in Moscow is going to be good for them. Mm-hmm. I still kind of expect them to be in Frisco in a couple months. Uh, um, as for the rest, um, you know, I think Eastern over Cal Poly. I think Idaho State, like Mark said, be a good statement for him. Um, Portland State and UC Davis, one of those two, maybe has a chance to play off. Comes down to Saturday. And then, uh, of course, Idaho, I don't think they'll have much of a challenge over there in Greeley, Colorado. Yeah, no, they should roll in that one. Like Mark said, they're just trying to get out of their healthy in that one for sure. Uh, how about you, Ian? Uh, yeah, I think Montana State is going to try and take that game script that Idaho did and just try to run the clock, maybe run the ball 40 times in the first half, uh, kind of get uh, get that going back in that first half run game. Uh, I also think Idaho just really keeps the foot on the gas, keeps rolling. Uh, I think Eastern's going to get back in the win column this week after a couple of losses. Cal Poly allows a lot of points. Eastern likes to throw the ball. I could see that being a bit of a high-scoring game in Eastern's favor. Um, I think Idaho State's going to take down Weber State. Um, and then I'm the, I've been a positive UC Davis guy this whole episode. I'm going to stick with them over Portland State this week. Oh, uh, stick with the theme. Got to stay consistent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that. No, no, good stuff, guys. I, I, you know, I agree with Fritz that NAU at Montana State game could quietly be kind of interesting where last year they did play them really tough. The Lumberjacks seem like they've been playing up to competition this year where they might not beat the teams they should beat, but when they play a good team, they seem to really bring it. That being said, I expect to see a lot more Sean Chambers this week. That'd be my prediction for that one. Bobcats win and Chambers just kind of had a down week. It feels like against a little lesser competition. Let that dude roll again, get going again before the playoffs and brawl of the wild. Cause he was in the groove and all of a sudden we barely saw any Sean Chambers. So that'd be one of my big ones. I will say the Idaho state game. I'm really excited to see if they can, beat a team they should beat that's kind of been a theme on this show it's like it's easy to go and win up a game or play out of your mind but doing a week to week the consistency is hard so Cody Hawkins offense has been unreal so I think they can beat Weber State that should be a fun one and Pocatello and last game you guys kind of mentioned UC Davis Portland State I will say that's gonna be a fun one because the winner of that at least has a chance to make the playoffs so they probably both gonna leave it all on the line I give a slight edge to Portland State in that one but no awesome stuff guys if there's any other big sky action you want to throw out there this week if not always a pleasure and but hey thank you everybody watching at home the big sky now media panel back at it again you guys have a great one and thank you guys for joining